Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you could support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at waterwaydeshow at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Stream of Context. We've changed our name for this particular episode uh, on Debacle in the Franks, episode 13. Sorry, 14, (laughs) I meant to say. Joining me with today, as always, is uh, my sense of restraint just embodied in another person. Uh, It's over there, out of the way, so I can go all in. And actually genuinely nice guy, the Soul Doxer. I just ordered a Reagan swimsuit calendar. And but the Reagan I mean is is not former U.S. president. I mean the mentor from Mob Psycho 100. I really had no idea how to answer that initially because I did think of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> do you say it Reagan or do you say Regan? I, Regan sounds weird. Re- Reagan. I think Reagan. Yeah. But did you say it was a bodysuit? A swimsuit calendar. Oh, so it came from his war skate war skate line then. Indeed. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, that's actually Nixon. Shit, I'm getting my presidents mixed up. Well. That joke fell on its ass. Speaking of things that fall on their ass, though. <laughs> Darling in the Franks, episode 14. Now, before we discuss any of this episode, we have some housekeeping to do. Oh, boy. And I'm going to say this up front. If you, the listener, are a, you know, well-rounded, rational human being who doesn't insult people on Twitter, particularly production staff and anime you may not necessarily agree with, or tell them to kill themselves... Or shit up the responses of fan art because the character that is being drawn is someone you don't like. Or acts like a gibbering shit gibbon in a Discord because you don't like this particular episode. You are free to skip the next ten minutes or so of this particular podcast. Feel free. You have a pass. You have made the bare minimum necessary to act as a reasonable human being. And for that, I applaud you. If, however, you do not fit any of those criteria, or even one of them, please feel free to stick around, because I have something I want to say. So, this episode is controversial. That is putting it mildly. And having just done a bit of pre-discussion with Doc on our responses to this episode, in which I feel it's absolute dog shit, and Doc, conversely, thinks that it's quite good. In fact, he thinks it's really good. By the way, I'm going to say this up front. I'm going to say this up front, right? So there's no mistaking my intent here, regardless of what gets said. Doc is perfectly free to like this episode, and I, his reasoning so far, while I disagree with it, I get where he's coming from. There is no objective truth to art, ever. Apart from maybe, you know, that's red. Fine. Great. But then, what do you mean by that's red? Do you mean there's a redness inherent in it? 
Because that's not true. That's not the way color works. God damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, as far as I'm concerned, people are welcome to have different opinions on any given episode of anything they so desire. As long as they can back that up with some sort of critical or constructive reasoning as to why they think that way. That's absolutely fine. You know, we're not racing to the top here in some sort of, you know, all-encompassing world quiz of decisiveness on who's truly right. It doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? No, we're not? Shit. No, we're absolutely not. Throw this out, Ben. What have I been... What's my life up to this point, Ben? What, what even was that? It was my giant world objective quiz on art notes. Oh, it wasn't an Ikea catalog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't own one of those. <laughs> Some assembly required. But that being said, there are certain things I feel are, I can objectively call out, such as bad behavior. So, people, generally speaking, from what I've seen, do not like the way each go in particular acted in this well, episode. Can I, can I say something on the front end of this? As Go on. Someone who hasn't really found out about all the hullabaloo until pretty recently i'm kind of dumb that like why is this even happening like because people are idiots i mean this is just it's an episode of anime like do these have people not really watched anime before i mean like there's anime tv shows where shit happens and heel turns and people go crazy and get violent and destroy relationships like this is not uncommon in stories let alone anime i mean it's it just i don't know it's it seems like uh as much as i liked this episode for kind of breaking out of a, a rut that frank's was might have been getting into like it's it's not super crazy you know it's not like uh it's a all, misunderstanding it's not like they all killed themselves or something truly controversial you know what i mean <laughs> No, misunder- like you said, a misunderstanding happens and some characters are emotional and there you go. Anime. Ta-da! Exactly. And I get the feeling, Doc, the reason people respond this way is probably for much the same underlying toxic reasons they responded so negatively to Kokoro in the episode in which she, of course, spotted uh... away from Satoshi. I reckon it's the exact same underlying behavior. There are some people that didn't enjoy that that, that I've Me? talked to. <laughs> yeah, right. But to be fair, Fitoshi was to blame as much as Kokoro was, but we've been down that road. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm thinking of, um, of, uh, of Mark from Ono Anime. Sup, sup, Mark, sup. And I think I might have had this discussion with Caitlin from Anifem, but they, they were not fans of what happened in that episode. And, you know, I think people, like you were saying, have reasons to dislike, uh, stuff in art and anime, and, and th- that's fine, but there are, I believe a lot of people that didn't like it for exactly the reasons that you're getting at. Yep. There's a reason that the, I keep hearing the phrase darling in the cooks. Yeah. That's a fucking so stupid. Yeah. That kind of stupid fucking mentality because there's some sort of strange self insert reflection here. Like, you know, that the men get treated badly by the women and therefore it's not fair. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Just so fucking dumb. Let this me... is the idea I get, and this is why I've also not seen in any circles anyone giving a any hero any real shit, even though... Unbelievable. To, to me, as far as I'm concerned, he deserves 80% of the blame for what happens in this episode. By the way, when I, I attribute that. blame when I attribute blame here, I'm not talking in an organic or narrative 
a way that makes narrative sense. I'm talking because he's a blithering fucking idiot who's also <laughs> a cruel twat. And I'll go on record by saying that. I'll explain why later. But back to my original preamble here. So, there are, as you may or may not be aware, Twitter accounts and social media accounts of production staff for Darling in the Franks on the internet. There is, of course, the Darling in the Franks official account, and there are certain other accounts for particular producers and staff. I become privy or aware that some people have been sending messages in public, by the way, not DMs, and God knows what the DMs must be like, by the way, that we'll never see. Probably closed. Probably closed DMs. I I hope so. I really do. But I've been made aware that people have been telling particular people, like production staff, to go fuck themselves, to go commit harakiri, that they hate them. Like, here's the thing, right, folks? If you act that way on the internet to someone who, Lord knows, is working hard on a show, first off, it's their show. They could do what they like with it. If you want an effective means of protesting what's happening in the show because you don't agree with it, don't watch it. It's as simple as that. Hit them where it hurts. Hit them in the numbers, the viewing figures. Being a whiny, prepubescent, piece of shit pissant and making insults and telling people to go kill themselves on the internet, you do not deserve the fucking right to hold a calculator. Never mind a cell phone or a keyboard or any method of communicating with another person who's not physically in the same room as you. You are a fucking heinous piece of shit if you do that. People have killed themselves because they've been told to do so by other people, because they've been egged on to do so. That has happened. People, you know, get depressed because they get people giving them shit constantly because trolling them is a thing. And all this person does is he does his fucking day job helping to make this show. Now, I have serious problems with Franks. I think it's an underwritten waste of potential. But you will never, in a million fucking years, find me going out there to directly insult the people that have done this. I might make a joke once or twice. I might complain about a legendary director supposedly not living up to his thing. But you will never hear me go actually onto Twitter to directly message and say that. This is fucking appalling. You all should be fucking ashamed of yourselves if you've done this. I hope one day, one day you look back and you realise that you've acted like an absolute bastard and you feel some sense of shame for this. I am actually genuinely ashamed myself to even be watching the same show as people like this. People who act this way, people who shit up discords, throwing memes at each other, acting like twats because one person, you know, thinks Ichigo might have potentially been in the right or at least had her reasons and then they start insulting them or shitting up someone's fan art Twitter because they dared to draw a picture of Ichigo from episode 14. Grow the fuck up. You're watching, you are watching a show which is supposedly about kids growing up to be adults. That's the concept that's been explored a lot of times. So maybe if you like this show so much, you might want to fucking follow it. So as far as I'm concerned, well, I did say before that I don't, you know, hit where it hurts, don't watch the show anymore. I'm going to keep going because what I want to see, the positive message I want to give after all that bile I just spat out, is that I want there to be the opposite end of this. I want people to have discussions in which they say why they felt this was a bad episode, why they felt the character's behaviour was awful and didn't make any sense. I want people to be at least mature about it. You can have a laugh and a joke for sure. I've made plenty in this Stream of Thoughts series so far, and I will continue to do so. I've got a few that I'm going to throw out later. But you have no right on any level to act the way you do 
in personally insulting and harassing people on the internet like the producer of the show which I have seen. And certainly not to the fucking level of telling them to go kill themselves. That is, like... Zero Two's the one who has the humanity problem. It's you people who are fucking inhuman. You should go fuck yourselves. That is all I have to say on the matter. I'm sorry to have to throw that out there. I mean, I've been angry at this show before, but I have never been angry like this. This is an anger I reserve for a different kind of problem that I have with people and how people act. So there. Scorched earth. <laughs> That's all I have to say on it. No no, no crops will grow where this podcast has tread. <laughs> no, I'm not taking a soft touch on this. People have acted like twats and they deserve to be called out for it. Simple no, it's 100% true. So I will, I will throw my hat in the ring here. That's not the right, that's not the right phrase for this. Your uh, two cents. My two cents uh, is I totally, I mean, I 100% agree with what you're saying, like, and where you're coming from. I think it is, uh, like, at best, extremely childish behavior. I mean, at worst, as you say, it can influence people to do very regrettable things and acts of self-harm. And, you know, people should realize that they're talking to people. People should have empathy. You know, I, I'm trying to cast my mind back to when I was a, a teenager or preteen. And I mean, I just, I didn't really, I didn't think this way, but I'm trying to imagine thinking this way. I'm, I mean, I get, I get really, really loving a show and being super duper invested in it. But, I mean, this is just not the right way to go. First of all, like, be, I think being so invested in a television show that, you know, this kind of behavior would happen should should signal, like, that there might be kind of a problem and you might need to be a little bit more reflective about how you spend your time and, you know, the attitudes and, and that you're having and responses you're having to media. And, I mean... Also, on a purely pragmatic level, I feel like if what you really want to do... Well, if, if what you really want to do is be angry, then there's a million things you could be angry at, and what I'm about to say has doesn't matter to you. But like, if, you, if what you actually want to do is like convey your feelings to the people that are making the show... Uh, and by the way, as Shadon pointed out, I'm, I'm not uh, squeamish or averse to like critical arguments against a piece of art. Like, tear it up, chew it up, spit it out, take it down, shred it, uh, go after the art. But um, but when you, when you start, like, being incredibly gross, mean, and vile to the artists, I mean, that's, you've crossed the line. But, but getting back to what I was saying, if you actually want the artists and the creatives behind this to change direction, to not do the things that they're doing anymore, I mean, it would behoove you not to be a huge dick because they're just going to tune you out. It would... It'd actually be better if you, as Shadon said, if you want to protest, don't watch the show. If you just also want to like be a reasonable human being and tell them in measured uh, word and tone why you disagree with the direction they're taking, um, d do that. I mean, it's like, so I don't know if you've ever worked a crappy job, Shadon. I, my first job, mm -hmm. my first job, I was a server. Uh, I served tables and... From that experience, and any like, I think I was pretty good at my job. I never got a complaint from my boss or anything like that. But if someone just didn't tip me because they weren't happy with my service, if they just left no money, 
my automatic response in my brain would be that they were an asshole or cheap. Like it, it was just, I immediately wrote them off and I feel like spamming people on Twitter with horrible memes or, you know, uh, go kill yourself. Like that's, it's going to get that. But if someone say calls the manager at the restaurant and says, Hey, um, I left the server guy a tip, but, uh, I wasn't happy with X, Y, and Z then my manager would tell me about it and I would think to myself, okay, they left, you know, they didn't stiff me. So they're not jerks, but like they're giving this constructive feedback. Clearly I was in the wrong and I need to change something. There, there are ways for you to state your opinion in a way that people will listen to you and not dismiss you as uh, a complete and utter tool. So uh, please bear all this in mind and don't be harmful and hurtful to other people just trying to do their jobs and as Stan said make their art which is you know it's a commodity yeah. but it is also art they're making and they're expressing their their themselves yeah or even other fans inside the community itself if you don't like ichigo that does not give you the right to shit up someone's twitter feed you know when they post fan art of her i certainly and by the way i certainly do not see that happening with other certainly more contemptible characters such as fucking griffith well, yeah, I wonder. Is... I wonder why that. I wonder why that <laughs> I might wonder. be. I no. wonder why that might be. Yeah. He says, hmm. knowing the answer in his hmm. head already, because he knows how people like this operate on the internet when it comes to people who have the opposite gender. Check below the waist of the characters, and you'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Again, also why Hero and Fitoshi, when they have deserved Reiki over the coals, I have not seen in grace numbers. Yeah. I have seen with the women. Look, I mean it. What you said about people thinking that the men get poorly treated in this show and the women walk all over them or whatever, that boggles my fucking mind. Are we watching the same show? It's un- it's unbelievable. Evidently not, or evidently I should start wearing horse blinders for this shit. Oh, boy. That is all we're going to say on the matter. All we ask is that we conduct ourselves a little better. Because Lord knows that when I have spoken with people about this show, a show that I, generally speaking, do not like, but I can see potential in, I've still enjoyed talking about it. Yeah. Hell, that's why I'm still doing this very podcast week on week, committing a lot of my time to do so, both in actually recording it and editing it. There are other things I could be doing with my time. I could be watching a number of other shows. I could have watched the entirety of Ancient Mage's Bride in a single week, rather than editing a single episode, or a place over in the universe. But I enjoy critical discourse immensely. It's one of the great pleasures of my life. It's the reason I do a podcast. And I guarantee if you take five minutes to figure out how to go about that yourself with other people without being a tool about it, your life will be much more enriched as a result. So please, for Christ's sake, just grow up. Act like a regular normal human being, a regular adult. Shitpost if you want, but don't shitpost in a way that demeans other people. Please. That is the PSA I will do for this episode. Yeah. And that's it. Also, no one no one knows. Like, the, it's incomplete. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there are always... Uh, what am I trying to say? Um, I can think of a million instances in which this thing will happen in an anime or a TV show. And I'll be like, oh my god. I cannot believe this happened. I am... My emotions are heightened. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm upset. You know... How could they do this? I don't understand. And then given the context of episodes going forward, 
it either makes sense or is shown to be totally worth it because there's some kind of connected payoff that will have to do with it, some sort of redemption or reconciliation or, or who knows. So, I mean, at, at the very least, there's this this whole thing, you know, this very practical observation that the show isn't done yet. <laughs> so you never know how this is going to shake out and be made uh, better by context. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, that is my anger management therapy done Ooh. for the next year. I can't recall the last time I've ever actually gotten so vitriolic about such a thing. I mean, you'll never hear me talk about that like a show. Not even Mouse. That's saying something. <laughs> well, this Mouse is not worth worth your uh, anger. It doesn't stoke that kind of anger in no, me, to be honest. No, it It can't. It's physically impossible to make me that kind of angry because Mouse, at the end of the day, is something that I took on by myself. I have only myself to blame, and it only affected me. Now, that's not to say, of course, I would ever get really mad or angry about some really inappropriate material in anime. Like, if something was just flat-out racist, then you would hear me get vitriolic. You would hear me get volcanic. But when it actually comes to harming people's lives, Mm -hmm. and just generally making the world a less pleasant place to live, that's when I'll let the flames out. That's when I will get mad. Anyway, all done. Let's move on. Doc, uh, would you very kindly tell us about who created this episode? Who um, who we should actually send nice things to if we find out who they are? Sure. So, I have a, I have a source conflict. Uh, because the tweet that you shared with me, which one of the production staff was thanking some of the crew, uh, thanked one Mr. Yamada. Or no, I'm sorry. It was Mr. Nakamura for uh directing and that is neither the series director nor what wikipedia has listed for this episode director now the episode director wikipedia has for episode 14 punishment and confession is one hiroyuki kaneko or kaneko and if you if you google search that you'll find someone that works in the humanities department at a university in japan uh you know, I have to say, at uh, so, uh, certain points with this episode, I really did feel like it was being made by the janitor. Now, that's, of course, not the same thing as uh, the humanities department, of course, not by a long shot. But How dare you? Clearly go- <laughs> but it clearly, it clearly goes to show my line of thinking doesn't feel too far off. Although, of course, I do know that's absolutely not true. They wouldn't have someone from the humanities department running this. That would That's nonsense. Funny to think about, though. Now, I don't know which Nakamura uh, that the, the tweet was referring to, so... Basically, I just kind of throw my hands up at episode director and who they might be. If someone in the YouTube comments or, you know, Twitter at Watery Desho wants to shore up my ignorance, please feel free. I would appreciate that. The episode writer, according to Wikipedia. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you have something? I was going to say, Doc, you've used one of your lifelines now, so you've only got 50 50 yeah. <laughs> left and phone a friend. Oh, God damn it. Use the rest of them wisely. You only have this episode to use them in. And so what do I have left? 50-50 and... Uh... Phone a friend. Oh, and so I pulled the audit. Yes, okay. All right, very good. I will judiciously deploy them at the correct time. Uh, Hiroshi Seiko is the writer, and that may sound familiar because, uh, again, according to Wikipedia, this person is the screenwriter for uh, episode 11 of this show. Mm-hmm. And that episode... Uh, that, oh, that oh, was, the, oh. <laughs> yeah. That Everybody's was favorite episode. It's Partner Shuffle. Come on down. That's actually too perfect, given 
what we've just discussed. You have been selected for a partner shuffle. Get ready. Because the lady in your mecca is going to be a different lady. Oh, boy. That's... I can't even believe that it's literally the same guy. Uh, gentle reminder, folks, by the way, don't give this guy shit. Just throwing it out there now, now that we have made that connection. Thank you. Indeed, indeed. And just to uh, just to re-put out there this person's credentials again, uh, a lot of Attack on Titan script writing. Uh, wrote an episode of Kill a Kill. Wrote two episodes of Kakegurui, which I just finished and fucking loved. That was a good gamble. Oh, yes, yes. This person was the series. uh, I hate saying series composer. I always do that when there's a series composition credit because it sounds like they made the music. This person was a head writer for Mob Psycho 100, the television uh, show, and also the Miraculous Unknown Psychic OAV special, which aired recently. Panny and Stocking, some script credits there, wrote... Uh, the scripts for four episodes of Terror and Resonance, and once again is the head writer for the upcoming Banana Fish. Banana Fish. Banana da, 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 da. Fish. That sounds amazing. I'm a banana fish. <laughs> is that the new version of Big Mouth Billy Bass? Get fucked. <laughs> what if that's? <laughs> I wish uh, there was a, a Big Mouth Billy that would would say "Get fucked." That would be superb. No, a Big Mouth Billy Bass voiced by Kazuna AI. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure how to segue out of that, but that was an incredibly funny joke. That's all I have for the, <laughs> the credits. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. So, last time on Darling in the Franks, we of course had episode 13, in which Hero and Zero Two learn of their shared history. So we pick up where we left off. And this is pretty much note for note the exact scene at the end of the previous episode, which mm-hmm. is, of course, you were the girl back then. But, naturally, Hero now collapses as he falls out of his chair after telling her, you know, you were the girl from back then, and she's like, you were my darling. And, eventually, Ichigo manages to get inside the cockpit of Strelizia, pulls Zero Two back, and she just kind of lips backwards into Goro's arms. And he's probably the only person who actually shows any sort of real empathy towards this episode, with the exception of Kokoro, I guess. And a push. Yeah, Kokoro. And each goes yelling, Hero, are you alive? Are you alive? And I'm like, well, he's never really been alive. He's always been, you know, dead weighted to me. But hey, there's that, you know. So they, of course, take the pair back to um, back to base. Hero's carried out in a hospital trolley with each go yelling at him constantly like, wake up, wake up. Or at least that's what we infer. Uh, some decent direction there, actually, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's zero, zero Two's uh, eyes are mastering one of the padding shots going only so far as up to the bridge of her nose. And I thought, that's quite nice, actually, to try and hide how she's, you know, visually how she's feeling to the audience. So then we go to the OP. Minor technical note here. This is not, by the way, you think the thing you think I might be talking about, Doc, but this is, I believe... The I got it wrong. That... <laughs> I thought they were working on a new OP. Nope. No, uh, but they have either subtitled the OP. This is a Crunchyroll-specific thing rather than, of course, the show itself. Mm-hmm. But they've actually subtitled it for the first time. And I was like, huh? Oh, okay, <laughs> cool gibberish no <laughs> how are the lyrics i didn't get to read them because i skipped the op as i always do they're fine i mean kiss of death is kiss of death there you go <laughs> that that definitely didn't need translate gotcha gotcha so did did it happen before the op that um where like yeah where ichigo burst into the robot and basically shoved 
zero two away from hero yeah and, and zero two is thinking to herself like what have i been doing up till now i thought those were strong strong moments uh for yeah. both characters because you know like the reason she has been, I mean, she's, she was fighting so hard that she was willing to trample on Hero to continue to get to her goal. But, oh, wait a minute. The and goal is the same. The goal is here in front of me. And so, and she like, nearly killed him. what have I even, like, that's a nice moment for her. Yeah. Like, what's even the point? Like, what, I've been wasting time. Like, I haven't seen what's right in front of me. And it's Ichigo. This is the first of many awesome moments for her this episode. I thought she fucking ruled this episode she is so assertive and decisive and uh totally understandable in in how she relates to both zero two and hero and everything this episode i love it i love her getting all up in the business (laughs) in fact before we go any further another blanket statement i need to make and this is again going back to something i've discussed previously on both this stream of thought and other podcasts we've done for wari desho and indeed i think uh you know gestating podcast which we won't discuss right now <laughs> it's like it's like that bird at angels it's just gonna sit in the translucent egg just just sit and don't sit. don't 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 <laughs> break the podcast up but here's the thing right let's discuss compelling motivations and logic as in character logic as far as i'm concerned in fiction characters are free to do awful terrible things mm-hmm. if you can at least find some line of reasoning that makes sense to them and in turn would make sense to you in their shoes and 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 you would say like not just reasoning like when you say reasoning like maybe maybe you just mean like um some kind of connective uh something because oftentimes there's not a good reason but you can see emotionally why that character would... oh, oh oh and I'm, I'm not even saying like I'm not even saying that the reasoning has to be good I'm saying that at least you can see it makes sense of why they would think that mm-hmm. some sort of motivation yeah. A motivation that makes sense to the character in turn, you can understand would make sense to them, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. And this includes another key fact, which is context and what the character knows. We always have to remember when critiquing media that we, the audience, are often in a privileged position of knowing information the characters do not. And you have to keep track of this. So if you've been keeping score by watching Dying in the Franks, you'll now know, for example, that Hero is completely privy to Zero Two's past. Well, not completely. He's not seen every single little bitty moment of it. But he at least knows what's happened to her. In particular, a key thing that I want to state now, so it's clear for a point I'll make later, he's seen her being tortured. He's seen her being experimented on, firsthand. And he knows this. Now, conversely, Ichigo knows none of this. She does not have a single first clue about Zero Two's history. All she knows is of what she knows of her since she first turned up on that fateful day in episode one. She be killing dudes. That's what yeah. she knows. She be killing dudes, she and she's rumored to uh, have taken the life of every uh, stamen within three rides together. And Hero's the first and only one to survive this long. For, for now, maybe you know he's had an extension on his contracts. I guess they put <laughs> right. more, no. He's, they put more quarters in. That's it. <laughs> yes, he came to yeah. the arcade stocked up, but he's running low on tokens now. He. He used the change machine. Sorification. So, I'm going to say right ahead of time, from my perspective, I don't like what Ichigo did in this episode. However, you are perfectly fine to dislike a character's actions, but you're also perfectly free to then see why they did it and understand 
you know, the reasoning and the context behind that. For fucking sure, man. Two, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just, I'm so in agreement with this. And this is something, a point Vorgalia made, has been making, frankly, and then just made quite clearly on our Berserk. Uh, with Griffith in particular. Our Berserk cast, like that characters can do terrible things, but like, there's just this kind of, um, I don't know, something about like uh, the sort of shared social media culture we partake in that is critiquing anime and media together. Like, I feel so many people have this attitude of, well, if I uh, wouldn't do this action that a character does, like this character is straight up bad. And not just like morally sort of off center or whatever, but like poorly written. Or if you mm-hmm. root for them, you are also bad or problematic or however it goes. And like, that's just, I don't know, that's wrongheaded. And I, I feel like media will be so uninteresting if all the characters just sort of shared my worldview or, or you know what I mean? Or the good ones did and the bad ones didn't. Like, that'd be super yeah. boring. In fact, if you want a hot take from me, if you feel so strongly about it, why don't you just go and create your own story, oh. show, oh. etc.? In which, you know, that happens. You know, that's better than just being a piss and a bio on the internet. I'm just saying. But I'm a critic, then I would lose my privileged position of being able to take shots without being shot at. Well, I'm sorry, but when you end up critiquing, you do sometimes end up in a firefight. So there you go. Tough shit, deal with it. But the point I was going to make was that, as far as Ichigo is concerned this episode, as I've said, I don't like what she does, but I absolutely understand why she does it. For a variety of reasons. Reasons I don't agree with, but I can at least see how we came from point A to point B as far as her decision making goes. Not so much with Hero. In fact, completely (laughs) not all with Hero. And that's why, in my particular case, you'll not hear me so much complain about Ichigo's actions in this episode as I will about Hero's. That's the difference. Because I, in in two particular scenes, can't fathom how he came to act the way he does. Now I know on I know on both of these scenes Doc has disagreements with me, or at least feels differently. And that's absolutely fine. But again, as long as you at least state why you feel that way and try to not, you know, let your own personal biases bleed into it too much, that's all well and good. But yeah, for those of you who hate on Ichigo, try and consider the context. Try and actually watch the show. Like, hate on her all you want, but at least understand why she does what she does. Different thing. Oh, and by the way, if I ever see again any sort of meme in which, you know, people say they hate Ichigo more than Griffith. Christ get off almighty. The <laughs> that's just. Get off the fucking internet. That's just so stupid. I mean, it's. I feel like it's it's funny just because it's so absurd. Like, how could anyone possibly really think that? I know. It's. It's like. It's like doing a, you know, a triple cartwheel in the mental gymnastics. It's it's really impressive, don't get me wrong, but you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I'm just just saying. So, back to the episode. So, after the OP, we cut into uh, Nana and Hachi, Mr. Crew Cut Band. Nana looks like Mm -hmm. she's really bored playing Hearthstone on her iPad. (laughs) She does! I I also feel like she, the character animation, like that, just the character acting, you know, through the drawings is actually pretty good. Yeah. In that scene. It's all salt. Just for a little, you know, for a little moment there, like it was... It was conveyed really well how sort of like yeah. oh, she was, you know. Yeah. Basically, why I feel like I would have had her same expression if I were watching the show on that <laughs> iPad. Hearthstone, by the way. 
Yeah. Um, they're, they're discussing what's going on and they're saying that Hero's in danger of transforming anytime soon. He's going to sorify, whatever that means. I mean, now I'm thinking of various like B-movies in which people do turn into dinosaurs. And um, <laughs> I mean, wasn't what? there wasn't wasn't there like wasn't there like that movie with Whoopi Goldberg in which I think it was like featured T Rex detective? Wait a minute, we that have exists. to stop everything. I'm googling this. Goldberg movie dinosaur Theodore Rex. There you go. <laughs> wasn't wasn't there also the dinosaurs TV show? Yeah, but they were just dinosaurs. They weren't people. <laughs> They were, they were like, you know, humanoidish. Well, yeah, but there was no, but you specifically said B movies in which people transform into dinosaurs. Okay, that, that does exist as well. I'm digging up, I'm digging through my Red Less Obedient memory here because I remember they did a best of the worst on one of them in which, uh, I think the plot was that you had to fuck these women before they turned into dinosaurs, (laughs) which actually isn't too far off from Darling in the Franks to the point where I'm just like, (laughs) <laughs> I yeah, I'm making connections in strange places here, folks. Okay, so Theodore Theodore X. Fifty percent of Google users like this movie. However, on IMDB it has a one star, two point four out of ten rating based on thirty five hundred votes. Damn. <laughs> I, one, I of the, one of This <laughs> is unbelievable. I can't believe this exists. You need to watch Red Letter Media, it's amazing. Um, but anyway, the reason I bring up the sorification point is because there's something I want to say about the visual thing here, which is, again, that sometimes Franks, in my opinion, drops the ball on this. If Hero is that close, if his if his blood is so saturated with yellow citrus-flavoured blood cells, whatever they are, mm-hmm. why are we not getting any visual indicators that that's about to happen? Like, I bruised myself recently by slipping in the shower because I'm an idiot, and I now have a nice bruise on my knee. That's from, you know, bleeding under the skin. If you get jaundice, which is actually the closest thing that you could technically call to being yellow blood cells, right. your skin goes yellow. Mm-hmm. I was sick recently and I was really pale as a result. So where are the visual indicators this is happening here? I'm not saying it needs to be something that necessarily people would see, like the scar. Uh, every time I come back to that, I just grind my teeth a little bit more. It's just like, <laughs> they're going to be bloody stumps eventually. But like, could we not have some sort of indication? Like maybe, you know... He cuts himself, and suddenly he's now bleeding blue blood. I mean, telling me that telling yeah. me that he's going to you know sorify is all well and good, but this is a visual medium, so give us some visual cues, please. That would be nice. Uh, That's all ex- I ask. Excuse me, it's an audio visual medium. Thank you very much. I'm going to audio visually mute you in a second and do the rest <laughs> of this cast solo. Is that like your secret personality? Like it? I, I don't even. This is my pedantic nerd voice. Thank you. Go back to trolling on Twitter where you belong. Anyway, so after that, we have a couple of brief inserts of Zero Two. No, no, what does she say? It's time to call it off, right? She's like, hey, I thought Hero could handle it. Nope, sorry. Time to time to stop. Nope, gone too far. It went, went too deep. He didn't say the safe word. And then, confrontation and framing. Yes. Some, again, some nice direction with this. Um, Hichigo confronts Zero Two in the corridor. She goes to see Hero and says, no, you're not going to see him. Not by the hairs never. on my chinny chin chin. Never, never again. Never oh. again. Yeah. And, like, they've actually done a reasonably good job of leading up to this with the various confrontations they have had in which we've seen Ichigo be scared of her, but now she's outright confronting Zero Two. 
Like, she's standing in a way and refuses to budge an inch. She has been... Ichigo has been pushed. You know, we're going to talk about Zero Two being put... Like, Ichigo has been pushed quite far. You know, Hero is once again hospitalized. And it's once again Zero Two's fault. Not the first time this has happened. Uh, you know, her her dear friend and possibly more than friend, Hero, <laughs> uh, has has been following around this person and getting into all kinds of, of life-threatening jeopardy. So enough, enough, no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, uh, and she's probably, they probably all heard, do, do you think Nana told them something about the kind of danger Hero was in, or do you think not? No, I don't believe it's, so. It's hard to, I mean, it's they didn't show it, so we probably shouldn't assume it. No, um, so... This is happening, and Ichigo's arm is broken, by the way. Uh, I'm going to bring this up for a small quibble I have later, but um, then again, it might not really be a quibble because it's also the future, but we'll come back to that. That's her actually being injured in, from Delphinium's arm being torn off at the end of the last episode. Uh, why her arm is not like much more mangled than that, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, the problem, the plot hole of Delphinium's arm even I mean, ripped off the, is silly. But... <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we've seen like the, the robots and... like how damage relates to them is just kind of all over the place. And you, they just sort of do whatever they want to do. If, if they want yeah. to make it bleed over to the pilots, fine. If, if not, you know, you, you could have Strelizia getting pounded through a building and uh, no visible damage of any yeah. kind will happen to the cockpit or pilots. But then Hero drives a bit awkwardly and stubs Strelizia's toe on a rock and suddenly Zero Two's like, ah, like gushing oh! blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is exactly yeah. right. Exactly. By the way, one nice framing thing I want to say is that there's a sideways shot of a uh, from a different corridor. It's a T junction, and it only shows zero two, making her look like she's standing alone, which she is. Mm-hmm. So again, good direction at hand here. Totally. I like this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? By the way, being Ichigo and like entrusting like the person you care about most to someone that who you deeply distrust for months and months, and you've heard nothing but bad things about them. They've hurt your your cared about person you've tried to ingratiate them into the team she really has tried you know i mean Mm -hmm. at times you write she's been afraid of her but she's also you know tried to bring her in around the campfire and and make her nakama she said in um, the episode with goro that she believed she could do it when strelizzi was delivering her into cthulhu saw (laughs) yes yep totally yeah she said that and that was actually like a moment of bonding yes it's happened. Ichigo has tried. Now, I will also say that I think that at some point you should back off if you think, you know, as far as your love or romance for someone goes, or affection. Spoilers! Goes, if it's unrequited. I feel, okay, yeah. I think, like, <laughs> as much, I think in some way, to a less degree, I must stress, the complaints that were leveled about Futoshi and his obsession with Kokoro can also be somewhat, and I'm really stressing the somewhat here to I... Let me hear an argument for this. I'm I'm not saying that it's the same sort of full-on behavior. I'm, again, I'm really stressing here somewhat, partially. Because sometimes it is appropriate, I think, to recognize you've not got a chance. I mean, she gave him all the space he, he wanted, right? I mean, I... I don't think I don't think that you could you could accuse her of being anywhere near as overbearing as Futoshi. That's why I said somewhat partially. Well, I know, but I don't time. even see. But I guess I'm trying to. So what? Uh, it, it is make make the case make the case for the partial. I guess basically, I think that as much as Futoshi has, I think that he 
like they're not recognizing when someone's just not into you. Sure. That's the thing I'm trying to say. Mm. Okay. And that is and that is compromising her decision making a bit. Although at the same point she's also still making some reasonable ones, which we'll get to shortly when we get to the briefing. Yeah. No no no, I yeah. Sure. Like okay, I see what you're saying. You're not saying that their behavior has been similar, but that there's a similar germ of thought, you know, mm-hmm. that the Refusal to accept defeat. That's that's true. The Cir- circumstances yeah. are very, very different, but yeah. No, and she yes. I'm never lazy hero again. Like part of that is, I would argue, not her just her trying to stop her, from, you know, from the concern of her dying, but also a bit, perhaps a bit of covetousness, a little bit. Yeah, no, that's entire, entirely yeah. fair. Now, I did just say briefly about the direction that I thought it was good. However, <laughs> I actually burst out laughing at something that happened next, and this is something to do with film and editing. Now, I'm not really all that familiar with film terminology and editing terminology. I mean, I know what the Kuleshov effect is, and this isn't it, by the way. I'm just mentioning as an example. I know what shot reverse shot is. I know what cuts are. You get the point. I don't know what the term is for this, but here's the thing, right? We have... I think the ending of this confrontation is of Zero Two looking directly at Ichigo from her perspective. Like, holding her by the... Like, the hand or something, I believe. Am I right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, well, let's say that you are. <laughs> All right. Actually, I'm looking at the frames. It's just Zero Two's balled up fist. Uh-huh. So we then cut to someone waking up in a hospital bed. Oh, <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know exactly the thing you're talking about. And, and because it flowed from that previous scene, I thought this was each waking up in a bed. I thought she'd just be cold cuts. I, I thought, yeah, I thought Zero Two was waking up because the first shot was of someone looking up at Ichigo. And I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck just no, happened? I, I really thought Zero Two had just backhanded uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. I do remember this, absolutely. Um, and I chuckled my ass out. It was so funny. By the way, this whole episode, like beginning from the shots they reused from thirteen, I feel like all the way to the end, really. They really the 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 animators crushed it with Zero Two's expressions. Yes, you know they ran the gamut of like steely eyed. I'm holding it in to like deeply hurt, to like anxious, to angry and and vengeful like uh, just everywhere and i thought they really really killed it i mean you could it's hard not to feel for the character when you see visually through her face it's so commute it's well communicated how hurt she is yes no i agree again i was what my complaint is always with franks i mean broken record here marking of one on the notches you know on the wall <laughs> the tally chart you've all got going at home here tracking how i feel about this show Generally speaking, apart from some hiccups such as that editing thing there, where what they really should have done was have an insert shot of, like, Hero being out cold, like an overhead shot, and then cut to the first-person thing, just to break up the two things. So it doesn't... in The transition doesn't infer it's each go is waking up there. I mean, mind you, that was really funny, so I think actually it should probably stay just as a goof. It's not a major problem. It's not, like, problematic for the show, but I just found it funny. But my point was that, generally speaking, the technical aspects of this show, I think, are always really good. So my complaint, as always, is the is the scripts and the writing. Mm-hmm. So I can never fall for that. I do feel this episode, to some extent, had a few less directional touches that I was particularly noticed. But don't take that as gospel. Just take that for what I saw. And admittedly, a lot of this I was seeing red mist over the, <laughs> to me, brain-dead actions of our leading character, which we'll get to in a moment. 
is it time to is it time to talk about Mitsuru yet or not? It is pretty much. Um, so Hero wakes up and you know everyone's around his bedside except Zero Two, of course, saying, "Hey, you're back up. You know you'll be on your feet in no time." Hero's neck looks like he's been really badly sunburned. I mean, she left a mark, dog. <laughs> the marks are so furrowed and so and like everywhere. I'm. I just thought, wow, Hero, like get some suntan lotion on, man. You gotta protect yourself with the UV rays. Sweet tattoo, bro. Or sorry, sweet, it would be sweet tat, I guess. That's what you you cool teens call them. Get some ink. That's what we. <laughs> that's why we call it. That's right. Get some ink. Uh, so yeah, they all turn up, say you're okay, good stuff. Uh, don't worry, we're gonna look after you. See you soon. And then there's a scene between Mitsuru and uh, Hero because Mitsuru's the last one to leave the room, and Hero's asked him to stop I was, by for I, a second. Oh, thank God this happened. I I feel like they could have probably delayed this initial conversation a while, but I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad the hero was like, hey, look, I just remembered all this stuff. I mean, he, his mind could probably be entirely occupied with Zero Two, but he wants to try to, like, set the record straight, I guess, with Mitsuru? Or apologize? You know, which he does. He does, yes. Mitsuru, of course, of course Mitsuru is going to say, like, oh, that? Psh- I didn't even think about it. I'd forgotten about it till you brought it up just now. <laughs> it's yeah. not like it's been keeping me up at night and forcing me to become addicted to painkillers. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. So I understand that Mitsuru parries this away, but I feel that this really should have been the point at which they started thrashing things out a little bit. I mean, Heroes for a start is not going anywhere. I mean, Hero knows now that his memory has been scrambled. So he might want to have told that to Mitsuru. And maybe that would have led to a change in their relationship a bit. Yeah. The thing is, right, like, in some ways, I would argue that if you could call it this, Mitsuru and Hero are rivals. Not in a traditional sense. I mean, certainly Hero doesn't see it that way, because, well, he's got a brain made out of spaghetti, so he probably doesn't even spell the word, never mind understand the concepts. But the way I see it is that oftentimes when there is a good reason for a relationship to change between characters, it should. Unless, unless... Characters double down when when this change when the opportunity to change up happens. Unless characters double down on the status quo because their personality dictates that. And I can see that happening in Mitsuru. Yeah. But Hero doesn't offer the necessary context to allow this opportunity to even happen. So it feels like this conversation is very perfunctory, to me at least. Consider what Hero says to him at the end of the conversation. Thank you. To me, this suggests that Hero knows that Mitsuru could have a lot more to say, could have emotionally dumped on him. Because, Mm -hmm. as you said, Hiro's gotten the memory back. Hiro understands, like, the depth of... uh, Or maybe to some degree, what the depth of what has happened. He knows you broke a promise. He doesn't entirely know how it affected Mitsuru, but... And Mitsuru, you know, doesn't push it. Probably because I think it's a decent thing not to, like, bombard someone who's just woken up in a hospital bed about like emotional shit that you've been carrying around for years that probably wouldn't have been a nice thing to do (laughs) Mm. so i feel like it'll probably come up again later because i mean we all know that mitsuru hasn't buried the hatchet despite as you said what he's saying i i get that my only concern is when i consider in the wider context of the show and how it has been thoroughly incapable throughout most of it on delivering what it's set up Indeed, it feels like this to me, this episode, is a failure on the setup of 12 and 13. But we'll get to that. Wow. What did 12 and 13 set up? <laughs> I want... Uh, the, the whole backstory of how... Okay. All right. Okay. 
Right. But I feel it's also very key for me to note here that this scene does make abundantly clear that Hero now has his memories back. He remembers the promise he broke. So it it cannot be, I, as far as I'm concerned, doubted that he knows about Zero Two's history now. He remembers everything that oh, yeah. he saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm laying this out now because this is key to a, the biggest complaint I will have later. Maybe. Maybe it can be doubted. I don't... I don't think, I think it's more reasonable than not to, to agree with what you're saying. Cause like, it just makes the only, the only doubt I have is those narration changes. Like, is that because like was zero two narrating things only she could say? I mean, like I, we just fucking don't know. And it's probably more likely than not that they both saw all of those things. Yep. And I'm also pointing this out because Hero does act on the information he now knows to ask Mitsuru about the promise. Correct, correct. He act, he takes action on this info. And as far as I'm concerned, on the bullet point list of things that he should be telling people about with this new knowledge, much as I think that they do need to thrash out their issues, the thing with Mitsuru is dead last. Bear all this in mind for a future scene, folks, because I'm going to get pretty mad about it when we get to it, <laughs> with all of this context I've given. So, after all that, we get some sort of, like, brief back uh, flashback of Hero noticing that his attitude scores were going down. I mean, I don't know. Do you reckon he would do well on the SATs in your country? I'm not so sure. Fuck if I know, man. <laughs> man, I'd, I'd, I'd take great pleasure in graphing his scores. <laughs> oh, the humanity. He might, he his score sheet might come back. Full of nines. Oh. Sorry. Uh, But he does make the connection at this point that after the day that he did meet Zero Two, his attitude test dropped. So he's kind of got a hint in his head that, as I now believe, he was originally just as capable a parasite as everyone else, and they probably punished him. In fact, Hmm. given the episode is called Punishment and Confession... Perhaps they scrambled his DNA. Uh, that's, while he- that's really interesting. I wish, boy, I, I wish that that would be said outright. Yeah. Well, that's my complaint with so much stuff. That's in this super show. interesting because, like, the real, you know, the the obvious punished is uh, is zero two. She believes she's being punished. Mm-hmm. You know, she says so at the end. But that's super interesting. It would make it would make sense. I mean, at the end of the day, they could make these kids in vats. You know. Yep. They're like, they're all, they're just TV dinners. You can just put them in the microwave and they'll come out <laughs> fully formed. They're fucking sea monkeys. <laughs> so that would make sense to me as a punishment thing. Because once, you know, let him, let him live a life where he suffers and, you know, he had this thing taken away from him that he could do that it drives him nuts as it does. I mean, as I said before, I think I, I think I said on a previous stream of thought, why make us a parasite who was a failure? Like if they recognize he had a genetic or whatever abnormality that meant he couldn't pilot, why even let him get as old as he is? I mean, that costs money. That's time and effort to, you know, clove, educate, etc., whatever, you know. So clearly they just thought yeah, they no clearly, one to it. Yeah, they prune the trees, you know. They show, uh... they show them doing that. Uh, you know, people disappear from the garden all the time, the kids. So after all that, it's time for another briefing. I mean, God, if I, if, if I had as many beers as there were briefings in this show, I'd be absolutely rat-faced, so... Maybe I might make a drinking game out of that at some point. But anyway, it's finally time to talk about the Grand Crevasse. Yay, they tell them they're going there. Yes, including misspelling it on the actual uh, diagram. They call it the Grand, G-R-A-N, not Grand. I That was 
funny. That's that's <laughs> that's so minor. I just found yeah, it funny. It was. I don't. I I really don't care about that. But anyway, so they're telling them, okay, we're going there, and so's everyone else. Um, Nana says something really funny, given the history of the show, in that they describe that they're going there and they have a plan. The plan is. You're all going to kill all the Klaxosaurs. You and every other Franks there, including the Nines. The Nines are going to get in on the action. Uh, and she says, unlike other times, the enemy will attack with numbers. <laughs> Great. I know, I know where you're going with this. Nice one, Nana. So how <laughs> many numbers are we talking here? Are we talking like... D- d- Half a dozen, at least. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think that like Darling and the Franks' numeric system is based on dog years. They... Clearly, well, I say clearly, it would seem like they just haven't had the resources or planning or, or something uh, is gone amiss in terms of their ability to have battles at scale. Mm-hmm. Because in the past, I mean, there have been a couple of instances where there were meant to be battles of scale and they just flat out weren't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, episode six was the prime example of that where, you know, 150 really means 12. <laughs> I know. Was that the uh, the GameCube one? That was the GameCube okay. one, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, false promises, unfortunately. This is why, again, I've said many times, I think you would just be best, indeed, as they have done in some episodes, just having it be one Klaxosaur who has, like, a unique design. I mean, Ava did this. Ava's angels, like, were all individual things. Yeah. So, they could have done that. I, I This is just a running gag for me now, more at this point, that, I mean, can you imagine Nana trying to count out change at a, sto- at a store? Like... You, you've underpaid me again. Like, I wanted 800 yen, not 50. No, this is 800. What are you talking about? So, yes. <laughs> However, oh. Nan, Nana's, Nana's inability to count aside, that's not the point of this scene, because as they're discussing this, Ichigo raises her hand up to go to the bathroom. No way, I'm kidding. No, no, she has a baller moment. But, yeah, this is... The whole thing about the Grand Crevasse and bringing the Nines into consort, I guess, with squad 13 at least i don't know they're sort of circling circling the wagons of the narrative and so like bringing everything into the middle like trying to pull everything in tight to to get these two giant you don't want to call them loose ends but narrative items that need to be squared away here and bring them both into the same the same thread uh which is i think good even though, like you pointed out, I think offcast that we haven't learned anything more about the Grand Crevice. You just know that we're going there. Yeah, I'm still kind of on my speculation about the fact that Zero Two is going to be used as a method to control the Klaxosaurs, which is why I'm taking them to this place, which I assume is their primary nest. I mean, this is yeah. complete guesswork here. It would make sense. She's the second one ring. She's the second. She's the Zero Zero Two ring. They have to throw her into Mount Doom to Mount Klaxosaur. In fact, I've just had a thought. Pitch idea, right? I previously said that, you know, that the bad guys would get Zero Two to control the Klaxosaurs. What if she just goes completely ape shit and they can't control her all the Klaxosaurs and they start going feral and attacking en masse? And then they need the human connection to bring her out of it. There's your endgame, folks. I'm putting that one on the board. That's another theory and I'm going to see if it There's pe- a live option. Out. Yeah. Yeah. But Ishigo says, remove Zero Two from this unit yeah. or we don't go. This is a collective decision, you fuckers. I was pretty like, much, yeah, girl. Oh, I love. Now it. here's the thing. Here's the thing about my thought process when I watched this particular scene. I immediately thought, why? And you might might say, wait, what the fuck are you talking about, Chaz? What do you mean, why? You know why? And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
I'm talking about pragmatism here because Hero's benched. He's not going to be able to pilot with Zero Two unless they pull the thing where she kidnaps him or something. I mean, she could do that in theory. In fact, one thing I really need to note, by the way, um, and I think this is true throughout the entire episode, given Zero Two's history of just going where she pleases, she exercises incredible restraint. I mean, the scene we had just before this, where Ichigo confronts in the hallway, if Zero Two wanted to, she could have swatted her aside. I mean, armed guards are nothing to her. And Palmy wonders if this element of restraint is perhaps her trying to exercise her humanity that she's clinging yeah. onto so much. Totally. I, I think so. So, you know what, actually? The more we talk about it, the more I'm somewhat warming up to this episode a little bit. So, I like that. And I think Ichigo, well, and I think Ichigo is just, I mean, there's just been a plethora of times Zero Two has, like, well, the thing it, is, like, has put them in debt. You know, she almost killed me yeah. through. She doesn't give a shit about them. And she's since she yeah. already pointed that out, she doesn't care about this whole notion yeah. of teammates. So, like, why introduce such a chaotic element into into the? And obviously, you would, you know, if you're using video game anime logic, you say because she killed the most Klaxosaurus. But like, if your life was on the line fighting out there, you you absolutely don't want that kind of unhinged sort of presence uh out there i mean hero was pulling her back remember she was like i want to kill 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 and she was going to do these things that endangered the whole unit by breaking formation the last it was maybe one or two episodes ago and hero had to pull her back she took delphinium's arm off indeed so if that if there had been more sustained combat that could have been quite dangerous apparently i say that because again this show is not really conveyed that well the point i was gonna make though was that like as i thought about it, though each go is the leader and i think she's making a reasonable decision here now hear me out Hey, you got no argument from me. Hear me out here, folks, right? Disregard, firstly, anything you might think about Ichigo's personal feelings in this. Zero Two is, as we've seen before, confrontational, agitated, and wild, essentially. Who knows what she's going to do? So I think that taking her out of the equation, if only so that she's not actually with the rest of the group, who are obviously a bit uncomfortable with her presence now that she's acting like this. I think that's actually a reasonable decision for her to make as a military leader. They need to be focused. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do have a big battle coming up here that they've got to fo focus on. And Zero Two loitering around in the run-up to this, because there is a 20... There's much like with Episode 6, a 27-hour, like, a long time before they get there. So this is the calm before the storm, Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that, but I did anyway. I'm an easy laugh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Doc. <laughs> so taking her out of the equation and having her go elsewhere... Um, is, I think, a reasonable move. Quite why mm -hmm. Zero Two, by the way, isn't actually sent elsewhere away from <clears throat> the boarding house is beyond me, but I'm going to blame Nana for that, not Ichigo. <laughs> so, I don't mind Ichigo's decision at all. I do think there is probably a not a little, not entirely just a little bit of, you know, her own feelings mixed in, you know, I'm going to seize this opportunity to send her away. But I think you are also entirely fair to read it as a sensible military decision. Yeah, I think that's why she that's why she's probably so forceful about it. She wants it to convey that yeah. this is an official capacity decision that I'm making as the leader, not like not a whim, it's not a personal favor, like Yeah. You know. One thing I will say as well, by the way, is just to speak to future potential for this show if they wanted to go for it. If Zero Two does come back and they make amends, because I'm fairly confident by the way that the team will eventually learn of Zero Two's past. It could very well be that maybe they'll make a character moralize for each girl where she confesses that she did make this decision purely for personal interest because she wanted Zero Two out of the picture. Mm, maybe. 
But I but but I th- I think your reasoning that you said earlier was quite sound. Yeah, follow my line of thinking here, though, Doc. I say this not because I want it necessarily true, but I can see what they could do with it in that, that she could then confess that she was wrong to do so. Because if it is just strictly a personal reason that she's doing this and she's just masquerading it as a you know military decision, yeah. then that is wrong. And that could be right. a moment of character growth. I think the thing to probably, probably apologize for then would be the like throwing her off while in Strelizia and saying, you'll never touch him again. I mean, that's that's the, you know, if there is going to be an apologetic moment, that's probably where you do. I feel like she won't regret the military decision. Well, again, I'm just saying if she then revealed that it was entirely for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then like, she could bundle that in with apologizing for other things. Have the two come to an understanding. Did you... um? Did you see Goro during these scenes? Yes, I did. <laughs> he was unbelievable. He, looked... he couldn't make eye contact with anyone. <laughs> he clearly wanted no part of this confrontation or any of these heightened emotions. Like, yeah, any time yeah, that he... they were talking to Zero Two, he just looked away. He looked down. Like, I, I think he could talk to Hero eye to eye, but like Ichigo and Zero Two, nope. Nah. <laughs> He was, he was he was keeping his head down. So it turns out that this actually this request is perfunctory because they were going to send Zero Two back to mm. the Nines anyway. Zero Two doesn't take very kindly to this, but much unlike the other times in which they had guards in that very same room pointing lasers, and eventually she capitulates or at least doesn't take any direct action. Uh, Zorame even stands up to her and says, "You're not going to his room." So. Then we go to Hero. Turns out that they've got Miku watching him, so that way he doesn't, you know, <laughs> run off and go find her. <laughs> Guard Miku. <laughs> whether, yeah, whether or not Miku is the best person for this is up for debate, but I at least appreciate the forward thinking they had in recognizing, you know, we should do this. Yeah. Uh, however, this was this also did have a very funny insert shot where I just thought, you you guys are out your fucking depth here. <laughs> Which is that as Zero Two's like moping back in the in the boarding house why about how everyone's getting in her way which is a legitimate complaint like people are putting barriers up at every chance she gets yeah uh we got an insert shot of zorame and fatoshi guarding the corridor with brooms and i'm just here like so good (laughs) i'm like you've got no chance you would not be able to fight off rouss (laughs) rodents of unusual size you've got no chance of beating this woman yeah. who has kicked the shit out of numerous armed guards with brooms? The fuck? Who the fuck do you guys think you are? Shaw the fucking dead with a cricket bat. God's sake. Yeah. And she, oh. as you say, she stuffs it down. Yeah. She holds the restraint for now. So back to Hero's hospital room, and this was a bit of wonky bit of AC because he's looking out the window after opening the curtain. The door knocks and opens, and he somehow teleports into the bed from the window. Oh, I think, it, I yeah, I mean, I, I think I know what you're saying, but he... It was funny. He <laughs> he clearly doesn't want anyone seeing that he's trying to figure out how to escape. But yes, it, it, it did happen very quickly. <laughs> ninja, a ninja-like hop under the covers. Yeah. Uh, Ichigo turns up for, to see him. The most, um, like, faux-symbolic thing ever. She has an apple. Mm. What does it mean? Uh, I don't think it means anything. <laughs> At least, I mean, not anything super deep. Well, if well, I'm funny that you say that because I'll tell you what it could have meant if there had been, you know, something that happened in the scene that should have done. But I'll get when, to that in a moment. If they, you know, consummate their relationship, no, I am Ichigo, they, the if, forbidden if they, fruit. <laughs> no, no, no. 
Absolutely not. No, thank you. No. Uh, by the way, Ichigo's sling is now gone, so miraculously her arm Ayo. healed up in a day. She can cut an apple now. No, she can't. <laughs> How do you she fuck can attempt up cutting to cut an apple? apple? How do you fuck up cutting an apple? <laughs> now, okay, I'll grant you, they don't cook or clean for themselves. But this is such basic stuff, I don't even understand. I what the fuck, but whatever. That's not even close to my com- real complaint with a C. <laughs> so Ichigo arrives and says, here's an apple, do you want to eat it? And she starts slicing up for him. Why it needs to be sliced, I don't know. He can still, you know, use his arms just fine. Then again, he was choked, maybe his windpipe. Fuck it, whatever, who cares. <laughs> here's the thing about this scene. They have a bit of a, a discussion in which Ichigo says, you probably hate me, but please don't see Zero to anymore. I won't let you do it. I don't mm-hmm. care if you hate me. You're never seeing her again. It's for your own good. Yes. Eat the goddamn apple. <laughs> now then, open questions to people who have never seen Darling in the Franks, but somehow have been listening to this entire stream of thought from the beginning. <laughs> Why? The one, the, one, the one person who's probably done that. D- Danny. D- Danny from Anime is Lit. <laughs> Still listening, but not watching the yeah. show. Okay. If you were Hero, and I know we said before about speculating about how you might act in someone's shoes, but just allow me at this once. And I'll explain why. If you were a hero and you had just been told that, bearing in mind that what I said before about what happened when he was speaking with Mitsuru in this very same room, telling him the knowledge he had just learned, would you A, tell Ichigo everything that you remembered as best to your ability about the shared history between you and Zero Two? In particular, how she was tortured, how she looks originally, and what happened to you and her after you were found out after escaping, including the memory scrambling, and also the suspicion you might have that you were tampered with so you can't pile the Franks anymore because your attitude drops, funnily enough, after that day. Or B, do fuck all. <laughs> fuck all. If you said B, congratulations. <laughs> you were a writer for the show. No, you picked the you picked the Darling in the Franks bad ending in the visual novel. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> uh, so here's the thing: why I said before about character, you know, logic and lines of thinking. I cannot, in any way, comprehend why Hero does not either a tell Ichigo everything that he knows here and now, given that he's just had the impetus to tell her put in front of him because she has told him under no circumstances will he see her again. It's not like there's no reason like you know that's the that's the breadcrumb for him to say something there and then or b why he does not in his head i mean bear in mind in a monologue is a consistent thing in this show question if he should say it but then chooses not to mm-hmm. i mean i would not mind him not telling her if he actually had a reason that to him made sense as to why he shouldn't like if he considered it if he said for example it's zero two's history i can't give it out just to anyone not even to ichigo but he, that doesn't happen we get Nothing. Not a damn thing. And in my opinion, this inability, this omission, this refusal to give Ichigo context, well, not even refusal, because that assumed you'd thought about it, just this uh, this lapse in thinking, this lapse in judgment on his part, is responsible for what follows in the remainder of this episode, and probably for the rest of the series. And it really should not have been. My complaint for a lot of this show is that characters do not talk to each other and do not talk things out. I've had this complaint to varying degrees for some characters like Zorame and Miku to some extent with what they found in his episode, uh, Fitoshi and Kokoro. 
Goro and Ichigo actually did have a scene in which they sort things out, which I quite liked. So, he doesn't tell her, and I cannot fathom why. And in my mind, this is 50% of the reason, or like a good chunk of the reason, shit hits the fan. Well, couldn't it be what you just supplied, that the monologue that we don't get to hear? Um, I'm not well, say- saying, I'm not don't saying- hear it. Well, yeah, I'm not saying um, that you're wrong about... Uh, that there should have been some something here. Uh, I, I I totally see where you're coming from here. Uh, I don't know it. I don't know if I can explain why it didn't really bother me so much. Like it is certainly consistent with his and everyone's behavior, as you say. It's becoming clear that whether or not it's um unintentional, something that's just being written into the show and it's a product of the writing, or it's meant to be a product of an in-universe how the kids were raised or how the writers think kids relate to each other or what. But like, yeah, I mean, they people don't really talk to each other about this sort of thing on the reg. So uh, I get I get it, though. I get I get why it would uh, bother you. But um, it just didn't upset me. It didn't bother me. Everything's set up here for him to say, even the lead in from each go, as I say, of him saying to him, nope. Never have a, you never seen her again. No fucking way, sunshine. If he wanted to see her so badly, I would have at least asked him to try. I'm not even saying necessarily that Ichigo would have then been swung around. Maybe she might have written off as delusions because he's you know just come out of mm-hmm. the Strelizia mind. Probably, levels. yeah. I I'm not saying necessarily that he had to be successful, but I at least wanted him to fucking try. If he cares so much about Zero Two, he's not a talker. <laughs> he didn't reveal the techno cancer to anybody. <laughs> he's not a he's except, not a talker yeah, except about. For Go- uh, yeah, except well, for Goro, only because he saw. You know what I yeah, mean? That's true. Yeah, uh, he wasn't like, let me tell you my secret. You know, uh, he's yeah, not not a big opener upper of the feelings. To be fair though, like characters don't notice things when they happen in the show, like the techno yeah. cancer. If I, I'll tell you what, right? If Zero Two turned full red, like red skinned as she has done in an adult form, <laughs> I don't think anyone would even fucking notice. <laughs> I I can't argue against that. No, because everyone's blind as a bat. <laughs> so just bear that in mind because what follows from this is is Awesome. A, a misunderstanding. It's fucking awesome. Great. I hate it because of this great very reason. Television. The drama. <laughs> it would be great if it, you know, wasn't built on the shakiest of foundations because one character is a fucking imbecile. I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I like what follows in a vacuum. Don't think too hard about this. It's just anime. We're just go a, with it. We're doing a podcast today. I have to face. Go with it. Don't think. Right. Let's go with it. So, okay. Ichigo, you know, they get she gets a little embarrassed when they start talking and she starts slicing the apple up like she's Steve, but like, what was his name? Crocodile Dundee. Like, you know, she's oh. bushwhacking the fuck out of that. Steve, Steve Irwin, right? I was actually thinking of the film. Oh, not the Crocodile Hunter. Shit. I don't yeah. know why I said Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, I never saw oh. those movies. Oh, rest in peace. But I do know, know the such... that's not a knife, this is a knife joke that is sitting there <laughs> waiting to be made. <laughs> I do think each girl would have been better with a spoon here, because she does actually manage to cut herself uh, doing so. Trying to and... make a, an apple bunny. <sighs> no. <laughs> just just no. That's, that's what Hero says to her. He's like, you call this a bunny? <laughs> no, it's not a bunny. <laughs> Looks like bullshit to me. <laughs> Poor girl, she's trying. Yeah. 
I have to say, it was pretty stupid, though, of her to leave the knife in the fucking hospital bed. I mean... How did he... Come on! He... <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, look, this is a, this is me using video game logic and shit, but, uh, but yeah, I immediately was like, oh, she's not gonna fall for the... Oh, no, she is. Oh, no. No! <laughs> okay, number... So, as Doc has alluded to, each girl leaves a knife. Uh, Hero opening the curtains before is a little bit of lampshading that he's aware of their presence. I mean, the fact that he could even think of what happens next but can't think to tell Ichigo, like, this was plan A. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a fucking mech pilot, not MacGyver. <laughs> he's not the fucking lead character for Broken Sword. He must already... This literally was. Yeah. <laughs> this was a LucasArts puzzle. Combine the items to make the thing to fuck my life. <laughs> because oh, what he does, boy. what this guy does... He's got the right... Has he got the right verbs? He turns the curtains with the knife into some sort of, like, rope that he uses mm-hmm. to climb onto an observation level above. And I've got a number of problems with this, or a number of questions. These are all just, <laughs> again, minor nitty-gritty ones. Right, first off, no one... Like, no medical staff are watching him. Is he not hooked up to a heart machine? Like, you know, with a... You know, does that not start beeping? Yeah. 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 Does that not start beeping if that gets disconnected? (laughs) This is just, just, it's not really a hospital, it's just an old movie set. It really, really is. Like, this observation level, is the entrance to it not locked? Well then, was there absolutely no staff in the entire (laughs) hospital? This is a recurring problem. The fucking garden- Where the fuck is everyone? The the garden is understaffed. So, and then, (laughs) of course- uh also this room is too it's um it's really quite something yeah humans are dying off you you know if that actually was the explanation never look never mind never mind so yes hero manages to escape by macgyvering his way out of the room i think he as if what if he was just obsessed with like the poetry of you know he saw in the flashback when i when i first got to zero two when she was locked away from me it was through bashing a window this time it's also going to be through bashing a window ah uh, no just i i, I want it no like if if it no in fact i'll say this right if that's the one takeaway thing he got from the return memories that he his sense of you know being able to point and click adventure his way out of shit as opposed to the real important stuff like telling each go the truth of what happened if that is legitimately the explanation, wow. Just, just wow. That's, that's a universe brain moment right there. Get your memories scrapped, get your memories back, like, and tell, you know, Ichigo the truth is the lowest tier. Get your memories back and use it to Spider-Man your way out of captivity is the galaxy brain moment. You know, they, they say that a hero could save us. I'm not going to stand here and wait. I'll hold on to the wings of the eagles Watch as we all fly away. A all fly away. I'm I'm gonna turn into Spider Man from Spider Man Three, where he turns emo and just starts <laughs> yes. dancing down the street. You've driven me mad. Okay, so moving on from that, back to the boarding house, and Zero Two's had enough, and she starts wading through the team like they're nothing. Because what else did you expect? I mean, I know Zora May's good with a broom. We saw that at the end of his episode. <laughs> but he he ain't no Lancer class servant. No. He ain't fighting back against this. Does she like knock Goro against the wall? Who drops the coffee mug? 
I don't know, but she definitely cold cocks against the window. Yeah. Like, Somebody gets, like, like, hit into the wall. And then yeah. finally they're like, well, 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 if you're going to start hitting fools, we can take you to see Hero. It's all good. I yeah. actually feel sorry for you. Don't you, Kokoro? Oh, yes, I feel sorry for you, too. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's all go see Hero. We'll take you there. Just to talk. Yeah. Just to talk. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah. I think this is a, you know, I'm I'm glad that at least Garo and Kokoro did suggest this. Makes sense. We'll go with you. I mean, admittedly, I don't know what they were going to do if, like, she suddenly did, did start, like, you know, sucking his blood or whatever, but at least they're giving her a chance. That's something. But they get there, and, of course, Zero Two is Spider-Man his way out. Now, on the one hand, Parmy wants to say Zero Two, Mitsuru literally pointed out how he got out. I mean, do you really think they'd go to that lengths to fake this if well, they, rather than just let him out? But- on the other, yeah. On the other hand, okay. On the on the other hand, you know, she's fucked up right now. <laughs> she is fucked up. So I'll allow I her mean, not noticing the, that. The, we see what her room looks like, and so we can we can sort of, I think, reasonably infer her mental state right now is is pretty. How how do they say whack? Yeah, she she's in a bad place. Very. By the way, so. night. Nice use of lying here, because it's now nighttime and no one's in the uh, room, so it's really dark. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is a prelude to what happens next. Oh shit. Which is fucking stupid, but I at least like the... Oh shit. I like the crap behind it. Hero, by the way, somehow manages to teleport back to the... <laughs> like, to how, far is... how far is the hospital from the... Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Because he gets there, and somehow he gets back in the space of time that it takes zero two. To, like, knock out most but not all of them. Like, is it literally just down the road? What does the Google Maps route look like for this? <laughs> yeah, is it he walking sees, distance? <laughs> he sees her room and then he stops to look at the hand mirror that is broken. He's like, oh no, she must really be messed up. She broke the hand mirror I gave her. As opposed to any of the stuff that he <laughs> might have learned about her past to confirm that she's always been messed up. The yeah. very thing he... Ugh, idiot. Anyway, so he gets back to the hospital room. By the way, again, no adults anywhere intervening in this, knowing that something's up, despite the fact that people are being thrown around. Whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, this it's Dr. Frank's experiment. <laughs> Let them all kill each other. <laughs> well, that was a failure. Would mark it down the book. Experiment long. <laughs> If there ever is an English dub of Darling in the Franks, I really want that to be, like, the kind of voice that he has. That he just sounds like the medic from Team Ja, mm, get or zero two, and put her in the mech. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Nana, so, yeah, here's it. Nana, come here. Bring your sweet tail over here. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Show me that tush. <laughs> It's not that I get to use with touch. You're like the way my to... cold claw feels on your heart. Wait, no, don't finish that sentence. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm very I'm very glad you did not finish that sentence. Anyway, so yes, Hero gets back, and Zero Two is looking like she's about to, you know, choke slam each go into the floor. And at this point, Zero Two is... We have the red eyes again. She's, you know, she's snapped. Yeah. she's She has snapped. Laughing maniacally, saying, like, you humans are so weak. Like, you know, referring to her, them as you, as in, like, I'm not, uh, everyone is in a heap on the floor. 
Yeah. You know, I think previously I've discussed the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, specifically, people telling you, you know, yeah. you're like someone, you say to someone, you're a fucking idiot, and you keep telling them that. And other people keep telling them that. Then they'll just give in. Well, all right, everyone believes that. I might as well act the part. Can't beat him. Might mm. as well be the way they see me. And I think this is what's happening to Zero too. She's now past that line yeah. where everyone thinks she's a monster. So, all right, fine, I'll play the part. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, she she knows she's going to be shipped off tomorrow. Like, it's kind of, yeah. I mean, she just, she's been pushed beyond her limits at this point. And as we said, she's in a bad place and, you know, it's yeah. bad things happen. Very, very bad things that are, you know, m- many of them are not entirely her fault. Despite, like, that behavior she's displaying being, you know, wrong. Mm. The things that, the, a lot of the factors that led up to it were not her own doing. No. So, <clears throat> Hero comes in. Ichigo drops the toys. Like, Ichigo, like, are you okay? And there's a brief insert shot of Zero to, like, a look on her face. Because he's going to Ichigo first and not her. Oof, yeah, yeah. That's like a, that was a moment. It's like yeah. a, a, like you could see in her head, like, snap a little bit. Like, what? What? what you're yeah going to her what what yeah yeah exactly here's what follows here to me is the crowning moment of dickheadishness in this entire <laughs> show thus far oh, the the <laughs> gold the gold star yeah the, he's the gold medal gold medal he, he on the stand hero. of being an absolute swat so Zero Two says, I want to speak, you said speak your mind with me. And here I am, let's just talk and talk. And I'm like, yes, let's talk no! and talk. Okay, maybe. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> In this heap of bodies, which I have made. Not right, not right now, of course. <laughs> let's have a, let's have a cup of tea. No biscuit. I have to say, it's very convenient, by the way, that they're all actually in hospital when they've been injured like this. It's true. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but yes, Hero, to the girl of his dreams, the girl he's been chasing, says, I'm trying to find a specific frame here so I can get the exact words so there's no mistaking it. Where the yeah, fuck he, is so it? first he just like, why? Why did you do this? And as you said, she said, well, I want to talk to you like you prompted, which, you know, before she was like, fuck you. Remember, she was like, uh, a couple of episodes ago, Hero had, had came to her and said, hey, uh, remember I said, like, we should talk to each other? Like, let's try that. And she's like, nope, not worth it. You know, she's got her own shit. But now she's like, let's let's actually do this. I, I wanted to talk to you, but they wouldn't let me. And so I, and then here's when he unloads with both barrels, coming from a, a pretty, you know, shocked and angry place, I guess, says, At this moment, you truly are a monster. Pow. Ugh. Through the heart. Right. Right. Whew. It's really rough, man. Some rough shit. Here's the thing, right? Zero Two has injured his colleagues. Colleagues, I would argue, that he might care about, but certainly not to the extent that he has shown that he cares about her. Or if not necessarily cares about yeah. or or if not necessarily cares about her, covets her. Because he she is her his key mm-hmm. to piloting a Franks. So there's that. And there's not been much time. I, I, I accept the argument well, that's that there okay. wouldn't... Okay. No, 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 let me finish, let me finish. Okay, Please go me ahead, finish. go ahead, sorry, go ahead. 
And there hasn't been much time to discuss any of this, and I accept that perhaps this is not the right place to, you know, suddenly there's the long CSI crime scene investigation and great discussion about what's gone on in this room. But I don't think the excuse that Hero is upset or angry justifies the choice of language here, particularly delivered to Zero Two. That specific word, calling her a monster, I I don't know what he could have possibly said that would have been worse. I can't think of anything offhand that he could have said that would have stabbed her through the heart so thoroughly as he just did. And what this is in aid of, ultimately, other than just to be cruel to her, I'm also not sure of. I don't think that he's sufficiently stressed out enough or shocked enough from what's happened, because they're just injured. They'll be fine. They are fine. The most they have is bandages. Oh no, please. I don't, you know, I don't go calling people Nazis just because I slipped in the shower. Fuck's sake. So, as far as I'm concerned, this crosses a line. This is, as I've said before, where I don't get character behaviour, where I don't understand why it's been said that way, where it doesn't feel like natural dialogue or something that naturally said, especially given all the history. He has, he knows, I, again, I must stress this, even though he doesn't really bring it up at any point in this episode, which is fucking unholy, he knows what's happened to her and what's been done to her. He knows that when they first met, she was a feral little imp who was tortured and treated like a plaything. I mean, Zero Two had a book dangled in front of her, and, well, given how she was treated then, it's no surprise she kind of sees the same thing with the people she is with now, dangling the book that is Hero in front of her, or to have it yanked away. So as far as I'm concerned, to you, Hero, eat shit. And here's the thing, right? This drama here is could have been completely avoided had that happened earlier in the episode where Ichigo at least been told about it, or at least there would have been some justification for it then happening because at least he tried. But this one-two punch of not telling Ichigo and then being this callous to Zero Two, I'm, I'm fucking stunned. And I'm not stunned in the way that is compelling narr- narratively. I'm stunned in the way that this is just shockingly bad writing, in my opinion. It's fucking awful. It just feels to me like kicking the can down the road, forcing her to leave, breaking the relationship between the two of them so it can then be repaired later for a completely inorganic method. It ruined the whole episode for me. Because what you said before, Doc, about this being good television, in a vacuum, yes, I absolutely 100% agree that the, the lighting, the music, the voice acting is spot on. It is the scripts, the way that this is handled that falls apart, and it makes Hero out to be a complete and utter shithead, when his defining character trait, lest I remind you all, up until this point has supposedly been he's the empathetic one. I'm not saying he should necessarily forgive Zero Two at this point. I'm not saying he should just hug her or something. But to deliver such a precise turn to call her a monster, when he knows full well she has been questioning her humanity, even before he learned the truth, that, to me, is malice. That has to be deliberate. And I know we didn't really want to speculate about the future, but the thing is, at the end of the day, they're going to end up back together. Whereas in my opinion, this should irredeemably shatter their relationship. If I was in here at Zero Two's shoes and I was treated like that, I would never want to see him again. Hell, I'm surprised she didn't kill him there and then. So there you go. That's why I, that is one of the other big reasons I didn't like this episode. I thought that Hero's line here was just cruel. And it was cruel in a way that did not make sense for his characters to do given what he knows, both in that moment and what he's learned from the revelations of the previous episode and everything he's learned since then. 
I, I cannot fathom it. It's just shit. Would you dance if I asked you to dance? Or would you run and never look back? Would you cry if you saw me crying? I'm totally popping my head right now. And would you save my soul tonight? I can be your hero, baby. Oh. I can... Okay, I'm going to stop there. I was actually thinking more of Bowie then when you said that. Just because I wanted to think of something good. (laughs) This is is Enrique Iglesias. uh, Hero. So, I would like to respond to your statements. Wasn't uh, that Chad Kroger song you referenced before also called Hero? (laughs) Yes, this is why I'm doing this. (laughs) I I feel sick. Uh, But yes, please, please, please rebut. Please send me your rebut. So... I think it's a little bit mistaken and uh, callous in some ways to think about uh, the way heroes should act in terms of some like a some kind of calculus. Like, well, I like her more, so it's okay if she ha- exhibits this horrible behavior to people I like less than her. But it's if she okay. was doing it to people that I liked more, I did say that he shouldn't forgive her. I'm just saying it's that specific line. Right, right. Uh, well, I guess I'm just talking in in general. Don't mistake me here. She she's not she's not in the right to be doing any of this. She certainly didn't need to injure or start cackling like that. Again, I get why she's doing it. I don't mm-hmm. approve of it. Yeah, I don't want to be mistaken on that fact. Yeah. So I mean, just because that he cares about her uh, deeply, maybe in a different and stronger way. Uh, well, let's say different way than he cares about his nakama you know some of his friends that he has grown up with and he's had memories of them uh, together taken away but he's he still has some and also i would argue that like based on um you know psychology that even if sort of you do your best to scrub memories out of a person their effects linger and in a lot of different ways and so just having said all that i mean i think that there's that happening. He sees what she's actually doing, which is which is cruel, uh, which is um, you know violent and uh, probably uh, upsets him greatly. Uh, and also, like Zero Two, he probably has a lot of misdirected stress at not being able to see her, and that has been pent up in him. And you know, unfortunately, this very emotionally volatile scene is occasion for that to be let out along with his reaction uh his sort of total emotional non-thinking reaction to what she's doing and yeah no i mean he shouldn't he that was a that was a, a cruel thing that he said but i think you know sometimes we say shitty things to people we care about because <laughs> Because we care about them, we're in these situations, these emotionally volatile situations, intimacy gone wrong, and what have you. And we know things about them. Like, we know what hurts them. And so in our horrible, dark, weak moments, we go for those weak spots. Uh, it's it's a human and shitty thing. And I would not be, you know, if if this were real life, I wouldn't be sad if they didn't get back together. You know what I mean? Um, but, like, to me, it's his behavior isn't um like inscrutable like i can i can kind of come up with a a story in my head that makes sense right based on the evidence that i've i've had so far of why why he did what he did and i think pretty quickly he regrets it 
you know, where he's weeping, not just at her leaving in the next scene, but I think because of what he said. And mm-hmm. that that was the effect it had on him. It had a it had a quite a profound impact on Zero Two, as we as we'll see as well. But but no, it was it was it was bad. It was real bad. It was a bad situation. And I loved the writing of it. I I thought it was great television. It was high drama. The episode. I mean, it kicked off strong and it built up to this and everyone's tension got let out. Shit was happening. You know, we, this was not the the familiar Frank's pattern. She turned heel and so did he. <laughs> and uh, man, I, I just, emotions were running really, really high. And uh, I, I, I do see what where you're coming from, though, in terms of like, you don't think that the situation merited him doing that. Like you would, you would want it to be like a sort of, a deeper transgression for to to get that line out of him, but uh I would argue so. And I'm also just thinking also that this is immediately following the episode in which again he learns bear in mind this is not excuse but does explain. Um he learns about her, her history. I mean I again I have to keep it back. She was tortured. He saw her being tortured. I mean I do agree with you that this does happen with regular people. Indeed perhaps maybe that's a point in the show's favour that it's a very he's treating her as he would any other person who hurts him deeply you know damning with faint praise we'll call that yeah and i guess that's the that's the like that's the point of argument like did she wound him deeply enough it satisfactorily enough or whatever to elicit that reaction and even just kind of voicing that argument makes me feel a little squicky i'm like i mean whatever like he was hurt and uh he did a shitty thing because he's a kid and some would argue a shitty kid (laughs) oh definitely I mean, don't forget what he did with each show, and we've we've been through it. The list is as long as my arm at this point. Yeah, not fun to remember episode two. No, absolutely not. So we agree to disagree there in that case. I guess I'm not even sure what we're. Arguing. So your your claim is that like it just it didn't feel natural and good. I don't think his response in that particular mm-hmm. way. I mean, it what happened deserved a response. It deserved her to be. She deserved chastising in some way. Yeah, but not such a specific phrase as to comp- so deeply wound a life. Yeah, that. I don't think she does. Yeah, I don't think she deserved it. I don't think any of them no. deserved what happened to them in that moment. No, but that being said, that specific phrasing is so specific, it almost feels like it was intentional, like he thought about it. What's the best way I can hurt her? As opposed to just being an outburst. Mm. That the language of it is the thing I'm hung up mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And again, this is me speculating about the future, but I feel like you know, I said before about this feeling like a flattering thing towards kid, you know, <clears throat> um, its target audience of teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a really extreme reading here, and I'm not going to pretend this is necessarily true. But it wouldn't surprise me if some people took the lesson away from this when eventually they do hook back up, if they do. That, oh yeah, it's okay to be shades people, uh, to, you know, the girl of your dreams. She'll, <sighs> she'll, 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 she'll come back round to you. It's fine. Uh... <laughs> That's what I fear. That's yeah. that's the thing. Like, I admit that some of my complaint here is more me framing it around future events we have not seen yet. And indeed, as you've rightly said, I really shouldn't be doing that. But I don't trust Franks enough to take a more complicated view on this, where it would be something like they're just friends at the end of it. Mm-hmm. There are two. There are two ways this is going to go. Either she's going to get back with him, or she's going to die. He could get with best girl, and yeah. then yes, yeah. And then he gets with Ichigo. <laughs> Which she, she, he doesn't deserve her, by the way. He doesn't deserve no, her. No one in the show does. <laughs> Just point that out. Garo? 
No. Maybe? Coward. No. Okay, no. The fucking coward, Goro. He's actually made his feelings straight the fucking... Right, anyway. <laughs> That's true, he did. I forgot about that. I was like, I was Jesus just thinking Christ. About, <laughs> I'm just thinking about him looking at the floor of this episode, not wanting to have anything to do with... Uh... I would want to do with this shit either, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that's cowardice. I think that's no. just saying oh, I can't deal with this crap. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I'm being unfair to Goro. I just think uh, I don't know. Uh, she can aim higher than Goro. I think. Mm, yeah. Not that he's particularly bad. He's not a no. He's there. He's not a bad dude. He's just kind of meh. She'll she'll get with she'll get with him on the rebound when Hero dies his tragic death. Tragic, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> celebratory <laughs> oh, i'll be happy with this okay so that is the, there are a couple of things happening the oh end there's episode, of there is way they're the best parts haven't even been talked about <laughs> yeah actually i forgot about it okay one thing to note uh, so zero two's handlers come and get her horns are now huge yep they are out yeah so i actually thought to myself thinking She's about the coat the badass coat she is yeah <laughs> so Correct me if I'm wrong, but at the start of this episode, and, and like for most of it, were her horns smaller than they were in the previous one? Had they shrunk? They were, they were small. I don't remember if they were smaller, but they were like this sort of tiny, uh, like the, the size of like a, like a tooth. Yeah. I'm not going to get my anime measuring tape out for this, but <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if that's partly due to like how the revelations that happened and just like, you know, her dialing it back. The mm-hmm. horns being like, you know, her humanity level, whatever you are call it, you know, like, and yeah. so maybe she can be brought back and her horns will shrink again. Who knows? Not as horny. She got way hornier later in the episode. We just said. <laughs> um, so, yes, Zero Two leaves. All the other guys, what guys and girls watch her except Hero. Uh, they don't say anything to her, of course. Uh, she walks past him and. Yep. Not even looking at him. <laughs> No, feel not, it. Would I. Feel feel pain, hero. Feel sad. <laughs> Deserve it, you jerk. Um, and so, she's, the, what she's saying as well is pretty like oof. You know what I mean? Like she says to herself, like this is my punishment. Like I I tried to uh, get this boy that I had loved since I was tiny and make him into a monster like me, which is like I think radically reframing her own behavior and. Uh, this is punishment, and you know I've always been trying to be human, and I shouldn't have been. Why and, bother? God, no one. No, yeah, the <sighs> the boy of her, the boy of her childhood, the love of her life has said to her that she's a monster. So, what reason would she have to doubt that? I know, man. That's it's fucking heartbreaking shit. It is. It and is. then you have Alpha. It's like, hey, 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 welcome back. <laughs> I've got these. Uh, fucking disposable ass marines here for you to have your yeah. way with <laughs> who may or may not be adults <laughs> like this is this is just this is just like maybe they're not adults maybe they are all kids like these but if that's the case i am 16 <laughs> <laughs> may i buy a blue wicket <laughs> is george h bush still president <laughs> Can I have a reefer? <laughs> yeah. So these these guys, like, they've been lined up for zero two. Like, this is funny for a number of reasons. Not least of, 
by the way, when I say funny, I don't mean intentionally funny. No. This is supposed to be very somber, so... Yes. Toad Def Ricey, call <laughs> it what you want. I mean, they didn't even need to have these guys there. They just could have said, we've got them in the transport. They didn't need to show them. I liked that they showed them. I, I thought that that was a nice... Uh, I don't know that that... It conveyed more, like, here are the actual people we have lined up. Here are ten actual people that we have gotten together that we consider just these entirely disposable resources. Here, basically, here's 30 flights. 30 flights 30 11, fl- right here. <laughs> 30 air miles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, well, I don't know. But when I say this, like, the reason it's funny is firstly because a lot of these guys look like they're adults. And if they are adults, much like Oxygen Mass Man was at the very beginning, <laughs> yes. why are kids even piloting the Franks in the first place? Now, make all the comp- comparisons or, you know, discussions about cognitive ability you want. If it turns out oh, the women... no, it's not like a diebuster thing. No, if the women actually get physically hurt by pilots in the Franks, I'm fairly certain an adult can take injuries better than a kid of the same gender. Well, you, I feel like, so in Zorame's episode, I think we figured out why. The adults want to be in the experience machine and send the fucking uh, test tube babies out to fight battles while they, they are in their pleasure box. Well, what about the ten guys here, then? Well, they are, I guess they were grown for that purpose, or they were yanked out well, of the pleasure boxes well, by the nines, maybe, who knows? If it is the if it is the farmer, as you say, they were just grown, just just grown to be adults. Yeah, the, 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 There's sure. no reason, but we all know the reason why they are kids, because that's the, you know, <laughs> the demo, audience, the <laughs> yeah. demographic. So that's another chink in Frank's, you know, believability there. And at this point, like, you know, we're just having to put it together with duct tape. It, yeah, it's anime, you know, just trigger doing their trigger thing. Yeah. Uh, second thing, I love how these guys are all stood there. Like, do any of them have any idea what's going to happen? <laughs> That's a great question. Like, <laughs> like what did they? What was the briefing on this? Okay, guys, <clears throat> you're going to get a chance to pilot only for three times, by the way. It's just a tour of duty thing, you know, you're free and done and you get your pension. Like, that's it. You just have to do three times, and it's great, and then you're on retirement for life. Um, and you get a great pension. It's going to be fantastic. Your kids will be looked after. Your wife will be looked after. It's all good. Like, th- they obviously have no clue. No. So, Zero Two, of course, doesn't even look at any of them. So, well, she's going to go through them like Taffy at yeah, this point. doesn't care. No. So we cut back to Hero, who now gets... Like, he's looking. He's been weeping as she goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... You crocodile tear weeping prick. <laughs> I think he feels genuine regret at what he did. He can feel genuine regret all he wants. Doesn't mean I have to sympathize with him. No. It's entirely his fault. Sure, but let's say they're crocodile tears. That's cruel. <laughs> they're real tears. <laughs> they they are, but like he's only weeping now because he's realized what's gone, which is his ticket to piloting of Franks and also this girl who doted on him something fierce. I mean, I'm talking about the very superficial covetous kind of thing here you know, the way he's generally acted as opposed to, you know, genuine regret over the, the bond that's now been shattered. Mm, yeah. I, I'm yeah. I'm reading it more as just, oh, well, I can't pilot anymore. What am I good for? Wow. <laughs> well, let's hope that's not the case. He's good for roadkill. So, <laughs> hey. Um, but yes, Ichigo comes in and tackles him from behind and says, I don't want you to go. Yep. I'd rather, I'd rather die. Like, this basically says like, if you go to her now and pilot with her anymore, you're going to change forever. You won't be the same. You'll you'll are going to turn to a monster, and I'd rather die than let that happen. And I'll yeah. figure out a way for us to pilot together. And he's sort of like she's saying all this stuff. 
and you kind of get the feeling he's not listening so much, and I think she probably does too. And that's why she makes the boldest of moves and stretches up and just kisses the shit out of him. I think you mean Kisu. <laughs> get it right. Doc. That's all right. That's the the kisu. kisu. Yes, and the Kisu and the Kokuhaku, the confession of love. Indeed. All right. Amazing. So let's go back. Just like puts, Let- puts her head on his chest. And that's just, I loved that. Loved it. Love it, love it, love it. The world doesn't deserve Ichigo. No. Let's go back to that thing we said before about people hating on Ichigo. Here's the thing. I'm sure I've seen people say that she's a slot for doing this. Christ almighty, are you serious? I'm fairly certain that's been said. Come on. First off, first off, my understanding of the word slot is generally speaking someone who gets around. That's not the case. I don't think. Also, like, I'm not even. Trust me, I've got plenty more to say. Yeah. Let me let me roll with this, right? Go. So, so first off, I don't think the term is accurate, even if it was, you know, merited. Yeah. Uh, Secondly, let's again try and think about the line of reasoning here. She's speaking to Hero, saying she loves him, saying she's she'd rather die. She sees that he's weeping over zero two, going. She's got this all worked out in her head, even if she hasn't necessarily got it in words. That he's still pining after her. She is desperate. She will do anything to keep him there. And that's why she tries to kiss him. And does. Well, and it's how she feels. Yeah, and it's and it's that as well. It is that as well. I mean, I God knows I wouldn't do that for some people, like just because imagine that, like, oh shit, I best just kiss them just to keep them here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just the pizza man. I was just giving you a Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck no tip necessary now thank you oh man does that relate back to your own experience of being a server <laughs> uh, no 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 so here's the thing right again you don't have to like what she's doing here but i get it the context is there well, who the fuck, what is why are people mad I think people are mad because of the again, like they feel like she's responsible for sending Zero Two away somehow, uh, like or basically getting in, getting in the way or trying to interfere in these true Christ. And like, it's not even like she's like had any romantic anything with Goro. Goro just confessed to her, and then he also took it back. I mean, he didn't. Yeah. You know, he he didn't really take it back. He's just like, look, we don't worry about it. Let's just take it slow. You don't have to like respond or whatever. Let's just. Yeah, keep our relationship as you were. D- yeah, no, nothing <laughs> has to come of it. So like, and that's true. That's true to life. I don't understand. I don't. That's it's yeah, the shit. It's just people being shitty. Like, yeah, it's people being shitty. Yeah. So that's the thing, though. People I've seen are just ignoring the context, and I'm like, don't be like hero. Don't ignore the context of things that you know about, and come to a bullshit conclusion, a bullshit course of action, like. You don't have to like what Ichigo does here, but there's no excuse for not understanding why. Mm-hmm. This is very plain. It's very obvious. It's so obvious that Hero doesn't even reciprocate the kiss, really. He doesn't, like, grab her by the face. He's confused by it. Like, that's how prompt, that's, like, how sudden it was that he she even, just thought... Doesn't he even try to, does he try to pull away? And she's like, nope. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I don't know. I don't know. But, like, that's not even the proper use of the term slut. Like, look, definitionally, that's why I said, come up yeah. with a better insult, even whether yeah. or not you, f- ah, fuck, fuck, man, who even, let's, let's, let's move on. Yeah. And then poor, poor Goro, <laughs> just 
passing by, <laughs> Waka looks out the door and sees the kiss and sees the, like, she's saying, like, oh, I don't regret our kiss earlier. It, so at that point, like, didn't she, I guess this was, like, episode nine was their episode, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, wasn't there some sort of conversation they had and then she she said that she hadn't kissed anyone or something like that? Maybe that's where the whole slut comment is coming from. But it's also stupid and incorrect, if even if that's the case. Yeah. It's her own fucking feelings and, you know, her own relationships. Like, it's not... Now, I am saying off. she definitely isn't a gold digger. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Right. And after that, the episode's done. That's it. Yeah. Woo. Woo. What an episode. Uh, yeah. It, it brought out some strong feelings in, in people. Everyone, sure. me, me and both me and you included. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna say, like, having actually thrashed this out in detail, I'm warmer on the episode now than I was originally. Although I am still very, very cold, in particular to Hero's actions in this. I think that there is again no reason he shouldn't sold Ichigo when he had the chance about his Zero Two's past, and I certainly don't think that his insult, specific as it was, was anything other than an act of callous cruelty that doesn't make sense to me personally. But much as Dog disagrees, you are all free to disagree as well. I'm just going to circle back to what I said at the very beginning of this uh, cast before we go into rating this episode, which is that this is a controversial episode. There is drama in this and a lot of emotion, and I don't think a lot of it is deserved personally, but that doesn't mean that other people feel the same way. And I'm more than happy to engage with people and discuss with them why they feel that way. Let's actually have a talk about this. Let's discuss this controversy. Let's actually get some value out of this show. Because that's the beauty and the joy of critical discourse. It is intellectually fulfilling to do so. So all I ask is that going forward, if you've listened to us so far and enjoyed what we talked about, there are probably going to be, I would say, more heavy moments in Franks that will probably rub people the wrong way. I'm I'm certain there are going to be certainly more that will rub me the wrong way. All I ask is that you consider the context as best you can and just take a level head to it and don't be shitty to people when we go forward. Let's make a positive thing out of this. I want to keep doing Franks because now, more than anything, I realise we need a counter-narrative to this kind of shit that's been going on elsewhere. So I'll be there at the forefront banging my drum. I'll be complaining about the show constantly, no doubt. But I will give it its fair shake and I will also readily and happily let other people have a fair shake of their opinions and accept that, you know, they have genuine reasons to feel that way. And also, I certainly won't be shitty to the people who made the show, but that's very <laughs> fucking easy. That's like, you know, that's not even a thing that should be difficult. That's like the lowest of bars to clear. With that, with that uh, closing amble out of the way, I will rate this episode 2.5 badly sliced apples out of 5. I would have actually raised it significantly higher if they had given me better context and better reasoning for Hero's decisions. They could have written it all away. They could have hand-waved all of the problems of this episode away with a rewrite of this script. But it is what it is to me. I didn't care for it, but there was certainly a lot to appreciate in it, particularly, again, in its direction and its technical aspects. Let's just hope that it plays out in a way that doesn't ultimately, as I say, lead to lessons like, you can be shitty to your girl of your dreams and she'll just come boomeranging back to you anyway, or turn out to be really cliched. One can hope. Hmm. Uh, where do I begin with this one? Um, 
I guess just as a direct response to like the one of the last things you said, I I think I need to kind of do some work and figure out on my own why I respond sometimes better and sometimes worse. I need to c- compare different cases to sort of people acting characters in shows acting in certain ways because like at at times you know even if i can't draw a line of motivation that makes sense to me like it doesn't bother me like i'm i am not one to use that as a litmus test um most of the time i think but then again i'm sure that i can think of some times where I get frustrated at a show because I'm like, why are the characters acting this way? They're not acting like people if it happens consistently. I think I have that problem to some degree with the original Mobile Suit Gundam, which is a thing that I love dearly, but sometimes the character dynamics just like are head scratchers to me. So, you know, saying all that is a long way of me saying that, like, I, what the big thing that bothered you so much Shadon like it didn't it didn't affect me in that way you know I could paint a story again of of why I think he reacted that way but I don't know even if I couldn't I don't I don't think that it would bother me so much um which is a weird hypothetical (laughs) to make uh I think the music in this episode the visual direction the amazing voice acting from Kana Ichinose who is Ichigo's voice actor. And by the way, you may know this, but I didn't know this until earlier today. This is her debut voice acting role. What? She's never been in anything, ever. Well, let me just say this, then. I hope she's in more from here on out. Mm-hmm. I hope that whatever press Franks gets, good or bad, she escapes it, or benefits me even, and gets to do more. Totally. Because I think she handles the role of Ichigo really well. She goes from being a hard-ass... And a, and a leader, to having the more emotional, silly, you know, embarrassed moments, like when she's speaking to Hiro at the bedside. She has range. I mean, it's Japanese, so I don't understand what the fuck she's saying, but... <laughs> but we understand the tone and the acting. <laughs> exactly, but that we can certainly understand, and she has got this nailed. So, yes, I would very much like to see her do more in the future, absolutely. fucking lutely For sure. Um, before you go any further, Doc, I just want to say, in response to what you said... Don't, I think, worry too much about trying to make a science out of why you feel differently than others. Sometimes things like that just can't be explained, nor should they necessarily be. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, as I've said, as long as we can offer a line of reasoning that we feel makes sense and isn't completely outside the realms of reality, even if we don't agree, at least I think that's enough alone mm-hmm. is justification. So I won't sweat it too much. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Right, so I was saying, sorry, trying to get my bearings back. The look, the sound, uh, the feel, uh, the writing, the drama, you know, built from beginning to end. I thought this episode hit so many of the right notes. Like, the last few episodes, I mean, were varying degrees of good, but like, I mean, last week I just remember thinking, wow, everyone really likes this episode, and I'm kind of, you know, it's fine. I wouldn't say I'm bored, but I'm not thrilled by it. And this episode thrilled me, man. It uh, it took me for a ride. Like I, I think part of where we uh, our evaluative uh, antennae might differ is like I think the primary thing when I watch anime is like, 
does it make me feel something much more so does than it, like yeah. does it make uh kind of sense and man this episode like made me feel a lot good bad you know and everything in between so m- my girl got to have a lot of great moments each go zero two got to have a lot of amazing scenes uh you know it was uh we we the nines came back into it we're going to the grand crevasse the show feels like it's moving it's not running in place so for all that i'm gonna give it five giant horns out of five fair enough this was really good television for me (laughs) as as good as uh episode five in terms of you know perhaps not the craft you know we could logic chop whether or not that's the case but just how I'm feeling afterward and how energized I am by the show, yeah. you know, cause we're, we're in this, we're in this for the long term. And oh, like, yeah. and I like, I, I, this is not, I, I rate it five out of five based on like sort of enjoyment and everything. I mean, despite the, you know, I said the craft was good. I thought the writing was good. This is not a five out of five in terms of like, Hey everybody, the show is a five out of five or like, Hey everybody who dropped the show, get back on board. Like, I don't think, you know, it's that sort of thing, but I think if, if people are in it, if people are in for this already have bought into Frank's are are cool with what the show has been trying to do or whatever. Uh, I think this episode is a good one. It's real Hmm. good. Fair enough. And I think you could very well be on the mark there with like how you and I view things a little differently in I do definitely have a strong reaction to, you know, having a response to shows like emotionally. Mm-hmm. But I think that I think that for me, it's, a lot of that is predicated also on sense and logic. But I must stress, folks, and you know what? Maybe this is a strength of our little, uh, you know, shindig and operation we've going here. <laughs> that better that we have two people like me and Doc who disagree because we have different perspectives that mm-hmm. are both completely valid, rather than us both, you know, just you know, being the same instrument in the orchestra playing the exact same tune. So Totally. I'm I'm totally down with that. And I and you know what, Doc? I'm just gonna say right up front now, because again I want to try and set an example for people. I'm glad that you feel the way you do about this show. And I'm glad that you're willing to share those opinions with me and thrash them out with me. So thank you. Woohoo And anyone who disagrees with me, fuck you No listen, yeah. A hundred percent the same. Uh and I uh I'm happy to like bounce ideas off of you because there's so many things that i miss uh or 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 that i'm not even looking for uh in this show or other shows and you pick up on i'm like oh yeah i mean you know i uh that's right and you um your memory is much better than mine (laughs) so you remember how how things relate to previous episodes so i'm always happy to hear your perspective and like i've been i think saying throughout it's like i totally understand uh well, I shouldn't say totally understand, but like, I get where you're coming from. I think to a large degree, and I appreciate uh, the arguments you're making, um, even though like you know I might weight them differently or disagree. Indeed, and right back at you, my friend. Ooh. See, folks, is that so hard? Is that so hard to do? Really, really? <sighs> not, not difficult. No. Okay, let's wrap up because this has gone. On- Quite longer than we expected, but <laughs> I'm going to very quickly just throw out there that you may find me on Twitter at Shaden1010. Uh, my curious cat is now gone for the time being, thanks to a wonderful fake news POS that happened recently. But that being said, it wasn't really being used anyway. So if you just want to talk to me, you know where I am. Hit me up on Twitter. Doc, what about you? Yeah, same. Uh, at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Also, uh, 
got rid of my curious cat due to uh, it being bought by people that like to gather your private information uh, without your consent. So I'm off of that. And uh, apparently that was debunked. Actually, the uh, oh. that's why I said fake news. Oh, really? Apparently the company is above board, or so I've been told since. Well, thanks a lot, Minofsky article. <sighs> but no, like you, like I'm, I'm probably just gonna leave it away for a while and just make people at me on twitter because i'm i i like you (laughs) no even less than you you were actually getting some questions when you said ama uh i hadn't gotten too many questions lately so you know uh, if there's a demand or whatever uh for that stuff then uh then it may resurface but for now uh it is it is asleep Mm -hmm. it's purring it's just snoozing away indeed that's everything, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode. Like, I apologize to the people who didn't deserve to hear the earlier preamble I threw out there. Like, say that is the most uh, vitriolic I have ever been on a podcast about a subject matter, and I wish I didn't have to say it, but you know, I'll take what limited Z list, uh, sorry, Z list celebrity <laughs> power I have to try and make a statement about stuff like this, because I'm not going to stand idly by and let stuff like that fly. But otherwise, just be nice to each other. You know, be constructive. Be open to ideas and thoughts. Let people enjoy a show in whatever way they wish, as long as the show itself is not promoting some really heinous shit. And I'm not talking like the stuff in this show, I'm talking like, let's just, racism, you know, that kind of stuff. Don't, don't be terrible to each other. Be good to each other. In fact, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Mwah.